Welcome to Dose of Support. We are an interdisciplinary show that highlights healthcare workers. We share stories and self-care in healthcare every week. I'm your host, Dr. Vanessa Casper, a nurse practitioner and a healthcare worker just like you. Remember, I'm not your healthcare provider. Our guests are not your healthcare provider, and we're not giving healthcare advice here. Seek out care from your own healthcare provider. This podcast, host, guests, and associated social media platforms are not representing an employer or organization. It's hard out there, so let's find some self-care in healthcare. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the huddle to all my listeners and dosies out there. I'm happy to be reporting to you that my Valentine's Day pedicure adventure was a success. Um, My husband actually had a good time and it was really relaxing. So I just want to take this opportunity to say to anyone listening that self-care is for everyone and you can try different types of self-care. He actually had a good time. So I wanted to put that out there. And then something I wanted to bring up on the show this week was I'm having a lot of decision fatigue. And I think that a lot of us in healthcare are part of this greater decision tree. You know, should we discharge this patient? Does this patient need more therapy? Should I give this PRN medication? Like, when should I do a bed bath? Like, we are all making decisions all the time. And then, like, for example, this came up for Valentine's Day when it's like, well, what do you want for dinner or what do you want to go do? I literally, it leaks into the rest of my life, right? So I literally have nothing left to make decisions with. I don't want to make more decisions. And I'm, I'm calling that decision fatigue. And maybe you've heard that term before. And because I'm noticing this in myself, I'm wanting to find strategies to work on it. I'm happy to hear from you guys. I love hearing from you guys about ideas and ways that I can work on this for part of my self-care. Um, and, and I don't want to feel this decision fatigue. So let's figure out some strategies together. And then as we move forward, the show this week is featuring a certified nursing assistant, and I'm really excited. I want equal representation. I think it's so important to hear from all the different people that work in healthcare and to validate their stories and what they go through. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with the Salty CNA. Welcome back to Dose of Support, here with nine years of experience as a certified nursing assistant in hospitals, long-term care centers, group home settings, is the salty CNA. She'll share our story about losing your identity in healthcare, and she's going to remain anonymous, and we're just going to call her Salty for the entire episode. So welcome to the show, Salty. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I'm super excited to have another CNA and the CNA work represented on the show. And I wanted to know, you know, I don't know where you're located, but I'm in the Midwest and here in my state in particular, to serve as a CNA, you have to be licensed with the Board of Nursing in in the state. Um, So how did you get into this work? Um, I actually have family members who've had disabilities and have had dementia and conditions that would need total care. And that kind of one thing led to another when I was taking care of them. And I decided that this was something that I wanted to pursue as a career. So were you taking care of your family members 
like living with them and doing all of their care and like how did that were you, were you you sound young I don't know anything <laughs> about I don't know anything about salty you guys um and, and so she she sounds young we must know how it's nine years you've been a CNA I was 21 when I started being a CNA but it was wow. a little bit before that that I was taking care of patients I have a young voice I know <laughs> <laughs> you have a it's a good radio voice it's okay um okay so so you're like I've got some skills here and I can I can use this and help other people so what kind of training did you go through I guess we're in one of the states where there's a high requirement for hours needed we did clinicals we did so many hours of classroom we did um, other types of skill sets like resume building stuff like that it was a whole big program that took I want to say six months but I could be wrong it's been so okay. long <laughs> You've slept since then. I get it. Um, okay. So you you take a course or like maybe a one semester course and then do you sit for a test? Yep. We sit for a written test. Our practical was actually done during our clinicals. We had like a sign-off sheet that the instructors had to check off for like Foley care, post-mortem care, stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people even in healthcare, don't know what CNAs do. So um, walk me through like a day in the life of working as the salty CNA. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a CNA is someone who helps patients with necessary activities, anything that a person might need help with, reading the newspaper, taking a bath, some home health aides, help with grocery shopping, doctor's appointments, some long-term care aides like myself will assist patients using the bathroom or even feed them if they have trouble due to a stroke or Parkinson's, etc. We're typically one of the healthcare workers that the patient will interact with the most as it's our job to help with tasks like those. So they see quite a bit of us. (laughs) Yeah. And like you mentioned post-mortem care, I think a lot of people don't know that like when a patient dies, like the funeral home doesn't just like show up magically and like take someone away. Like there's typically like a last bath that's given, just like a first bath. There's a last bath and like a whole process to someone's care after they've passed on. And I just think it's really interesting that like our culture in America anyway, doesn't really, we really shy away from the whole death process and it's like a very cultural problem because like it's real and it happens and like you guys as CNAs are like in it all the time doing it like not well understood work I guess oh absolutely it's definitely one of the more I guess unspoken areas of what we do it's definitely a little bit harder to do it on a patient that you've been taking care of for a long period of time yeah yeah and another thing a lot of CNAs Like you said, long-term care, group home settings, people that need total care. A hospital CNA might work with someone for, you know, a week while someone's in the hospital or a few days while they're in the hospital. But, you know, if you work somewhere, it sounds like you work with people for years, maybe? Oh, yeah. I actually, I had a patient that I'd taken care of for eight years pass away last year. And it was absolutely heartbreaking losing her. Wow. Eight years. You get attached. (laughs) 
Yeah. You definitely get yeah. attached. They say not to, but it's it's impossible not to. So it's a totally different relationship and a t- totally different way to see someone's health and well-being because you're with them more often and you get to know them and their family. And do you think that your training prepared you for that? Honestly, I feel like the clinical setting and the, the paperwork setting of this doesn't prepare you for the emotional aspects of it. They don't tell you that you're going to be sad when somebody goes on hospice. They don't tell you that you're going to be happy when somebody learns how to do something that they didn't know how to do previously. It's just a completely different environment than what they teach you for sure. Yeah, I think our our culture, again, I'm going to blame the patriarchy on this one again because we're, we're really taught not to show emotion and not feel those things and not make those connections. Um, even in nursing, like nursing is supposed to be all touchy feely, but then like we're taught if you show emotion, you're weak. Like there's so much wrong with that, but, but you're going to see all this hard stuff like you have, and then have trouble coping because you weren't taught what to do. Um, so tell me like day in the life, you wake up, you go to work, what happens? Um, so typically at the beginning of my shift, we'll get report from our nurses for the oncoming shift and they'll basically tell us you know if somebody's getting sick um if somebody had a doctor's appointment if there's anything out of the ordinary going on for these people and then we'll go through my shift is a little bit different because i work night shift but we'll go through and our we'll do our rounds every two hours and we'll make sure everybody's okay through the night and we'll do stock and we'll do bed baths in the morning it's pretty laid back on nights, honestly. I love night shift. Me I love too. It. I mean, there's there's less staff for sure. But um, when you say rounds every two hours, can you, I mean, I've done the work, so I know, but can you tell me like, what are the checks that you do during um, a round? So where I work, it's customary to check everyone for personal care every two hours and flip them over to a different side or on their back or wherever's comfortable for them in order for them to not get bed sores and such. We're very proud of our skin condition of our patients where I work. We never have bed sores. Every time someone goes to the hospital, they're always blown away that there's no breakdown (laughs) or anything like that. It's it's awesome. So you're providing like hygiene, comfort, make sure like if someone needs to get up and use the restroom or if they've soiled themselves and they need to be changed, like you're you're checking on them every two hours and trying not to wake them up too much. Yep. Um, but but making sure that that they are literally well cared for. So that's it's essential work. It's essential. Um okay. What what's the best part about your job? Ah, uh, the best part of my job is probably getting to just bond with my patients every day and getting to, you know, interact with them, getting to form a relationship with them, getting to just spend time with them. You get to spend a lot more time with patients than any other worker, like you said, and it is really a special thing. Um, What is the worst part? Tell me, what is like the, give me all the shade, throw all the shade. (laughs) Um, the worst part, like I was saying, is when somebody you've been taking care of for a long time will go on hospice, or sometimes a family member might be difficult to deal with. Yeah. Lots of interesting things can happen sometimes. Sometimes there's drama, as every yeah. facility has, and all that. But Sounds like, you know, you're, you're known for your name, the Salty CNA. <laughs> I am. And I'm wondering, is that, like... 
you're just like a really sarcastic person or tell me um the name is something I came up with kind of on the fly (laughs) when I was (laughs) decided to make my meme page to kind of have a place to vent and a place to relax after after work and if anyone's like what are they talking about um (laughs) she, she is the salty cna on instagram and um you don't really post that much. Like I thought, I w- I don't know if you're just not showing up in my feed, but like funny, sarcastic stuff. And I love it. I'm all about that. Um, Back in my day, I remember working in the nursing home and it was some of the hardest physical labor that I have ever done in my life. Like literally that or like when I worked in the ICU because my patients were completely um, like paralyzed or bed bound. And so I'm guessing that you've like maybe hurt your back before or maybe like <laughs> tell me like what has been the physical challenge for you? Oh boy. Um, I've never gone on like light duty. I'm fortunate that I've never injured myself that bad. Knock on wood. I'm literally knocking on wood right now. <laughs> me too. Um, I go home with my back hurting. I go home. Sometimes my legs will swell if I've been on my feet a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my shoulders will hurt. Sometimes my arms. Just it's it is like you said, a lot of hard physical work, and unfortunately, not a lot of people can do it. Yeah. So I like one thing I noticed was like you're emotionally taxed because you're attached to these people and you want them to you know, thrive and it's sad sometimes. And then like, you're also just physically exhausted. Oh, yeah. um, so, <laughs> I mean, I was in great shape though. Let me tell you, I've had some kids <laughs> since then and it was like not, you know, it's not the same, but, but I really, I liked, I liked that I wasn't sitting at a desk all day. I, and I liked that I was up and moving around and interacting with people a lot. I, I did like that part of the job. So there's a lot of a lot of good aspects to that, but man, it can be very physical and emotional too. Um, do you ever see a CNA or a nursing assistant or, or a patient care tech, whatever they are called sometimes, um, do you ever see them on TV, like on a show or in the news? What do you see? Honestly, representation as far as we go is very poor, I'm afraid to say. Usually you'll see doctors and nurses and you know stuff like that, but you'll never see the tier of workers that we are you never see kind of like the the underlings I guess you'd say (laughs) for lack of better words you never see a lot of CNA representation in movies and tv yeah and I I find that to be sad and I don't know I don't know why that is do you know why that is Um, like I was thinking about we were talking before we started recording and you had said that you know maybe CNAs are like intimidated to to because I want to interview more, but maybe people are intimidated to reach out to me. I actually had a girl reach out to me on my Instagram not that long ago, and she was asking my advice about nursing school because she felt that she wouldn't be respected until she was a nurse. And I feel like that's a very, a very common thing among us. And I do agree that you should respect nurses, but I feel like we deserve respect also. Any and all human and any healthcare worker, period. And so that's part of what we do on the show is like that representation across across all specialties because nobody knows what the other person does or the training that other people have. And like you said, what you see on TV is like 
just physicians and sometimes a nurse who's always portrayed as a slut. Like, so it's really like really hard for, for people that are working in like, like a social worker or like a rehab professional, speech therapist, that kind of like people just like, don't know what other people do, even among healthcare professionals. So um, if there are any CNAs listening to this, please reach out. I want to represent you. I want, I want people to feel like they can talk about what they do and um, share stories. And I, I think it's really important that people know. And so that is one of the reasons we have Dose of Support. And with that, we are going to take a little break. And when we come back, the Salty CNA will share a story from practice and self-care strategies. So stay tuned. We have the Salty CNA. She is here with nine years of experience in healthcare, working very closely with patients, doing a lot of hard work, and she's going to share a story. So take it away, Salty. So I'm going to talk about the time that I was the most burnt out that I've ever been in my entire career, and I feel like this is something that a lot of you can probably relate to because burnout is sadly really common with us, not just CNAs, but everyone in healthcare. So my period of burnout started when a colleague on another shift was out for about four months. I think she had shoulder surgery. I just moved into my house. It was winter in New England. It was Christmas time, and I needed the extra cash. And they needed the coverage. So I agreed to work her hours essentially on top of my own. Wow. (laughs) And I was a full-time employee at the time. So I was working 16-hour shifts. I was just going to say, like, so like 40 hours a week plus like – another 40 hours a week or what? It ended up being about 64 average. Oh my God. Yeah. It was 3P to 7A. I'd go home, I'd sleep, I'd get up and I'd go back and do it again. Oh my God. For how long did you do that? Oh geez. I think she was out for four months. So it was, it was about <gasps> four months. That's yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, it does you... bad things. Don't do it. <laughs> oh my God. Like I'm just thinking like, Okay, in my 20s, I I was a CNA at 19. I probably could have done it. I probably could have done it at 19, but like, no, no, after that, like, no, no. I know. I look back on it and I'm like, wow, that was a really bad idea. (laughs) Hindsight, right? So, okay, so I suppose you couldn't get out of it either, right? Because you had committed to... Well, the thing with what we do is that... They don't really have a choice because there aren't enough of us to fill the positions as it is. So when they are down a worker, they have to kind of take what they can get. They have to approve the overtime because otherwise there's no one to take care of our patients. Yeah. So they didn't really want to set me up for that, but they didn't really have a choice. Nobody else would take it. Okay. So so you did this for four months. And four months. Maybe, maybe you made the bank. <laughs> it wasn't worth it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I hated it. Okay. Um. So what happened after four months of doing this? Like, I mean, anyone would be tired. What happened to you? So it was to the point where 
that was all that I did. I didn't see my friends. I didn't see my family. I didn't do anything but work. And I remember that I would get home at night and like basically, it sounds awful, but I just want to die. Oh my gosh. We talked a lot about quality of life for our patients, but we don't look at quality of life for ourselves. And when you do nothing but work, you start to feel like almost robotic. Yeah. It's horrible. I mean, it sounds like like depression. Oh yeah, big time because you have no yeah. other nothing else in your life. This just consumes you. It's the only thing that you are and that's yeah. nothing for for anybody to have to deal with. You had talked earlier about not being prepared. Like when you did your training, nobody prepared you for that. Nobody prepared you for how to deal with that. And I think that's true across the board. Like I don't know who else is doing double shifts like that for four months. But I think like across the board, people know that they're feeling that way and they don't know what to do. They don't know what, they don't know how to break the cycle almost. They don't talk about burnout in our training. And I think it's because they don't want to scare us. Yeah. We don't have enough CNAs. We don't have enough nurses as it is. They don't want to lessen that number, I guess. And I also think people don't know what to do. Like organizations don't know what to do. Like they, like maybe they know that there's a problem and that there's a retention issue, but like they don't know what to do, you know? Right. Well, the lifespan of an average CNA, I think is only maybe a year, year and a half tops. There's just not really? enough of us. Yeah, that you'd be surprised. A lot of people. I am really that. surprised by the, like because <laughs> I I told you before we started that I was a CNA for five years and yeah, that's like incredible for CNA years for sure. I did not know that. Okay, I I mean there's a statistic like that amongst nurses that the average I know ICU nurse the average ICU nurse burns out in five years or less. Wow. Um. But I haven't heard that for CNAs, and that's really interesting. So after four months, you are just in this deep, dark hole and sad and depressed and not feeling like you have much of a life outside of, of health care, and you love your work. It sounds like you still love your work. How did you get through it? What happened next? After that, I kind of had to make the decision that I needed to start saying no to shifts. And I had mm-hmm. to start saying yes to taking more PTO because, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I do love my job. I wouldn't want to do anything else. I've been yeah. at the same place yeah. that I'm at for basically my whole career as a CNA. I'm very happy there. I love my patients. I love my coworkers. But working that much isn't healthy no matter what the environment is. Yeah, absolutely. So you just you just reprioritized, I'm going to take time off. I'm going to say no. You, ma- you made a boundary, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. And I, I honestly kind of had to start forcing myself to do things that I didn't want to necessarily do. Like my friends would ask me to hang out, but I'd be too tired. But I made the decision to be like, okay, I'm going to go anyway because I yeah. need that to kind of recharge mentally. I need something outside of work. Are you an extrovert? I am an introvert. (laughs) Interesting. Because like, I love my friends, but I also like, literally also want to stay home. Like the pandemic, (laughs) the pandemic is like totally my jam because I'm I'm like home all the time. Like I love it. Um, I do miss some social interactions though. Like I totally get that, but I'm also kind of like, or you could stay home and sleep. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Play sweatpants on the couch. <laughs> yes, yes. But a lot of people are like, 
really craving human interaction and really craving like to for the pandemic to be over with just so they can like go out and see people but like that is not how I recharge it never has been in fact I think some sometimes as healthcare workers we get social interaction all the time we are literally with patients or with other staff members all the time as part of our work and I think that's kind of one of the reasons why I recharge alone, not with people. And so that's interesting that you felt like I'm going to go and be social with my friends and get out. I like that. Okay. What else did you do? I basically decided to make a point of having one non-work related goal every day, not anything big, something like I'm going to do 20 minutes of yoga, or I'm going to do the dishes, spend quality time playing with the dog, you know, whatever, Okay. whatever I felt like would be a good way to relax that day or to feel accomplished in a way that wasn't related to my job. So boundaries and goal setting and Absolutely. just kind of learning what you how to balance, like finding a balance more balanced way to work and have social time. So it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing now, but let's get into your self-care, your self-care strategies. What do you So we've already covered like being a CNA is like super hard physical labor and it can be emotional as well. And you can burn out. And a lot of people, I think, can really resonate with your story. So what do you do on the daily or what is your routine or what do you try to incorporate in your life for self-care? You've clearly made it past the lifespan of a regular CNA. So you're doing something right. I've been into this thing lately where I've been making an hour every day to work out. And that's been making me feel better physically as well as mentally because I have that time just set aside to think about whatever while I'm doing yoga, while I'm on the treadmill, whatever I happen to be doing that day. Okay. That's like a very popular self-care strategy oh, yeah. that people have. So I think, tell us what you do for working out. An hour is a long time. Um, typically, I will do... Um, 20 minutes of yoga. Um, I try to change it up every day, do like a new routine, a new flow every day. I will do half an hour on the treadmill and then I will do 10 minutes with a weighted hula hoop. A weighted hula hoop? A weighted hula hoop. I did not know this was a thing. Wait a second. What the (laughs) hell? What the hell do you do with a weighted hula hoop? It's basically like a regular hula hoop, but it has these little padded weights in it so that it has more of a pull as you spin with it. Okay, so you like reg- it's regular hula hooping. Yep, like- it's just with a different hoop. Okay, okay, so you're not like doing all sorts of weird exercises no, with it. No. It's okay. Okay. I d- well, I don't know. I've never seen one. First of all, I can't regular hula hoop. So Honestly, I um, couldn't either before this. I feel like the weights honestly make it easier to hold up somehow, which is Hey. Maybe I'll work? borrow. I'll just borrow that from you, maybe, and um, try it out because I've never been able to make that work. Okay, so exercising is your thing. What else do you do? Um, I've been making more of a habit to do more of my own meals as opposed to getting frozen stuff. I've been mm-hmm. using my crock pot a lot. I've been making more stuff from scratch. Okay, so meal planning—that's been brought up before, but everyone does it so different. So, like, do you? How do you plan? Um, typically during the week when I'm 
home because I work Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'll make a different meal every night during the week and then usually on Thursday or sometimes Friday, depending on how I'm feeling, I'll sit down and I'll make a couple different things so I can pack them for lunches for the weekend. Do you like to cook? I do. Okay. That's like not my jam. No. Um, oh my gosh. I would avoid it. I would have like, I will, I wish I had a personal chef. I would hire a personal chef. If I had that kind of money, if I was Oprah, that's like one thing I would do for self-care is have a personal chef. But that's because I like loathe cooking. Like I hate like, no, I hate it. But some people, they find it really relaxing. People really like think it's fun. And so that's why I asked because like if you enjoy like trying a new recipe all the time and then like then you're always prepared and you have a meal in front of you and it's not something that you can get anxious about. I mean, some people thrive off of that. And I'm sure I would too if I cooked. Do you like to bake? I am. I'm a better baker. Yep. I do do better with that. Yeah. I do better with that. And even then it's like a mood. I got to get in a mood for baking. It's not, I don't have the patience for these things. So, which is really interesting because you know, um, I'm in healthcare. So you would think I would have more patience for that, but I don't. But thank goodness there's people like you that are meal planning and experimenting with new recipes and exercising. You're like living the dream, man. Like, um, and it sounds like doing my best. It sounds like you have a puppy that keeps you busy as well. Oh yeah. I think CNA work is really underrepresented and people um, often have questions about it. So if they want to reach out to the Salty CNA, how can they do that? Um, you can find me on Instagram or I have a Facebook page also that you can reach out to. Um, just give me a DM at the Salty CNA. Awesome. And if anyone has questions for the Salty CNA, you can reach out to me too at hello at dose of support.com. Salty, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Awesome. Well, you are welcome anytime. Maybe we'll have to have you on again. Um, And listeners, thank you for being with us. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you next week. You can extend a dose of support even further by visiting us on Facebook, Instagram, on our website, or by giving us a rating or review. You can always support the show monetarily on patreon.com slash dose of support. Dose of support is written, organized, emails, edited, produced, published, all the things by me, Vanessa Casper, with exclusive music by John Schreier. I'm punching out this week but I will be back in your ears next week for another Dose of Support.